that's why I, I'm nice to everybody. Even like if yeah, if it's um if something's not working out, like if they're not meeting what I want, yeah. I'm still nice to them walking away. You just keep everything cordial and cool. You don't tell anyone to fuck off and burn bridges and all the. Oh really? You don't, old Steve maker, Green? Well, excuse me, not not in business. <laughs> not, no, you don't right, do not that in stuff. Business. But that's like the yeah. you know that's how the Maker Studios um, uh, motto used to be with a lot of things. Like you go to old Hollywood and tell them to go fuck themselves and shit, <laughs> uh, which is amazing and rock and roll as hell. But yeah. it, it's not going to get you. But old Hollywood ended up fucking them over the oh end. Oh my god, old Hollywood just be- <laughs> they just became just- that. Welcome back to Shit They Don't Tell You. I'm Nikki Limo. Hello. I'm Steve Green. And we are your host of the podcast. And uh, Steve is actually going to take the helm of this episode. Little known fact about Steve Green is that I'm an expert at negotiations. I'm an expert at negotiating contracts. I'm an expert at negotiating brand deals. I'm an expert at negotiating really any various thing that you can um, think of. I have probably negotiated it and I've probably gotten a better deal than what most people would have gotten. Why don't you do more brand deals then? Um, I'm very selective. <laughs> I'm very picky. It's true. I'm a picky boy. On your social medias. On my social medias. And I, uh, yeah, so a lot of people, I think, are underutilizing yeah. um, their potential by not demanding more and uh, by knowing their value right. when they go into a negotiation. And you can negotiate anything. Like, you're listening right now, you're like, what does it have to do with me? You have a job, don't you? Probably, maybe. And can't you negotiate a higher salary for yourself or whatever? Yeah, I That's think a lot of people do, a lot of people don't know too. Like when you're growing up, like you don't know like a lot of things are negotiable. Yes. Like like your job salary, like um, when you go on a job interview, a lot of people in the beginning don't know that they can ask for a higher rate than what they went in for. So if the job interview it says, oh, well, you'll be paid fifteen dollars an hour, you can be like. Um, at the end of the interview, don't say this right off the bat. Like at the end of the interview, after you already think you killed it, yep. you can say, "Hey, um, do you think we could?" It's like I know your thing get, says fifteen an hour, um, but I've only done this job for exactly. eighteen dollars an hour. Even if you've never done that job before, especially if you've never done, never done say, that job before, I've only done this for twenty dollars an hour. That's it. And then, if you had a great interview, if you were right, yeah, if you presented yourself well, if you were confident. And you're confident about your price point, they're going to think there's something extra to you and you're going to be worth the money. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And that you bring value to the table. No matter who you are, there's something. No, if you killed it at the job interview. If you killed it at the job interview? Yeah. Then. And you bring value to the table. Because basically a business is just looking for you to be an asset to their company. Right? So if you can prove or you have the confidence that you can prove that you bring more value to their company. If they think you're worth the investment. If they think they don't have to deal with somebody else's bullshit because you seem cooler, they'll pay you more. Yeah. And also, uh, I used to read books where they interviewed um, CEOs of corporations, billionaires, various entrepreneurs, people like that, and very successful people that hire a lot of employees. And they asked for like what the number one thing is that they look for an employee. And a lot of People that go to a job interview think that it's qualifications like um, where they went to college and what they studied and what degree they have, stuff like that. That stuff is important and to a degree. Like it's a, it's meaningful. Like it's a requirement. But the number one thing they look they look for in an employee is actually their attitude mm-hmm. and how uh, your personality yep. and whether or not they feel like seeing your face every day. Exactly. Like are you charismatic? Are you someone that – uh, seems like they won't be a bother. Yeah, is your seems hair like too they, blue? They get their work done. And they're not lazy. You know things Ex- like that. Exactly. Yeah. That that's see, and I remember when you got with me. Yes. Um, very early on when we were dating, Nikki was doing brand deal stuff, and I was I was like, "What? You can get way more than you're getting." No, it wasn't even brand deal stuff. It was yeah, like working with other companies and stuff Mm -hmm. uh to do basically freelance video production they would offer me a rate and at the time i was broke as fuck and this is like the time where it's hard for you to consider negotiating and this is the time where you should negotiate because you need to increase your value and increase that so i was working my ass off but i was i was broke as fuck like had 89 cents in my bank account at any given time and uh yeah you saw my bank account statements like it was like the lotto every time i put my atm card in the thing i was like is it gonna make money (laughs) i'll be like oh please 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 let money come out uh but yeah so 
I want, I remember distinctly this time where a company reached out and they needed my specific style of video making. They like really liked my sketches. They really wanted videos like that for their channel that they were just launching. Um, I had about 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. So not a lot, but not like a little either. And I'd been around for a long time, done a lot of collabs and done a lot of stuff. Um, but they were offering, um, it was a big company that had just started a YouTube channel and they were offering $400 a video, which to me, to my broke ass, I was like, I could really use that $400 a video. But the cost that it took me to make those videos, to hire somebody to do the camera for the day, uh, hire a DP, um, get props, uh, take the time sure. out of the week to do it, write the script from concept to finish. They wanted me to write the whole thing, get it approved, and then produce the whole thing, then edit the whole thing, and then also market and promote the whole thing. So for $400, I, I was barely gonna like break even with what it would cost to make those videos. Um, but I still thought that 400 was like, that's more than 89 cents, right. you know? And Steve was like, you shouldn't do it for 400. And I was like, but why? I really need the money. And Steve was like, ask for a thousand. And yep. I was like, holy shit, that's so much money. They're gonna walk away. And that's like more than double what they're offering me. And then Steve said this thing, and I'll never forget because it's what I think about every time I'm considering taking a job or a brand deal or anything um, is, do I want to do it? And if the answer is no, then I have to ask for a number that I can't walk away from. Exactly. I mean, even then, like there's some things that I just don't want to do and I just sure, don't do but it. Sure, but make them come but, to you. But if it's something that I'm like, I, I would want to do it, but it seems like a lot of work, uh, I have to give them a number that I wouldn't walk away from. And if they don't take that number, then I didn't want to do the job anyway. Yes. And so that's what made me, that's what pushed me over the edge to ask for a thousand dollars a video. And they said no. Yep. And they, they were like, oh, sorry, that's not in our budget. This would give you more exposure because we're a big company and blah, blah, blah. But I was like, no, unfortunately that's my rate. And I, it killed me. I was like, oh my God, I could have used that money. And they walked away. <laughs> the and deal wasn't over though. And I was like, well, here's my value. They wanted specifically my type of look. They wanted like an ethnically ambiguous. They wanted uh, a female in comedy. Video producer, Video editor. producer, editor, everything. Um, and at the time, this was back in 2013, there wasn't like, there weren't a lot of ethnically ambiguous females in comedy on YouTube that just sketch comedy writing. Like there were no, there was no Lily Singh. There was no Liza Koshy. There was, there weren't a lot of, people doing that yeah. so um that's where i found like my value was and inevitably they did come back and say hey we can meet your rate now because yep. they couldn't find exactly anyone else the negotiation is never dead really yeah I, even when people walk away you just have to be strong enough to when they say no to not acquiesce and be like okay actually i'll yeah. do I'll, I'll do it for 400 no then. no's can you be have totally to great for you man be very no's confident in your in what you the price that you put down no's can get you more money later yeah. So that, that I never, ever look at a deal as dead, ever. I, it's for me, even when it's like, that's why I, I'm nice to everybody, even like if yeah. if it's um if something's not working out, like if they're not meeting what I want, yeah. I'm still nice to them walking away. You just keep everything cordial and cool. You don't tell anyone to fuck off and burn bridges and all the- Oh, really? You don't, old Steve maker, Green? Well, excuse me, not, not in business. <laughs> Not, no, you don't right, do not that in stuff. Business. But that's like the yeah. you know that's how the Maker Studios um, uh, motto used to be with a lot of things. Like you go to old Hollywood and tell them to go fuck themselves and shit, <laughs> uh, which is amazing and rock and roll as hell. But yeah. it, it's not going to get you. But old Hollywood ended up fucking them over the end. Oh my god, old Hollywood just be <laughs> they just became they just that. Crushed them. They we just have a whole episode on that. If you were it. interested in MCNs and what what happened there. Yeah, so so really what you have to ask yourself is if what you're doing is something that you don't want to do, then they better fucking pay you. Right. Or and to do it. and like even if it is something that you want to do, the amount of work and like you need to value your time. Yes. That, yeah. And a lot of people don't do that though. A lot yeah. of people go, well, what I'm doing is fun, so I really shouldn't I don't deserve to get paid cuz I associate work with a bad thing and like having right. to go to a job is a negative thing, so I shouldn't be like enjoying my job so now i'll take a lesser rate you know what i'm saying yeah these are how people get tricked into taking less lesser and i guess i should mention like on the opposite side of the spectrum i think when you're just starting out like let's say you take an internship oh my god i don't think that you so you, you uh you're not just negotiating money right so 
you can negotiate things like you're getting job experience, yes. right? So it doesn't, it, it, I don't, I wouldn't take your internship and be like, yo, I should be getting paid $20 an hour because I'm valuable right. when like you have literally no experience. Yes. What you're getting out of an internship is the experience. Once you have all of that experience, Once you have a skill, you can use that in for negotiating power in your next job. Yes. You can use that and say like, yo, I've worked on three movies. I've done, exactly. you know, whatever your next job Once is. Once you have leverage, then you can start to use your leverage. Don't fucking, yeah. don't, don't try destroy to assert your yourself if you have no leverage, Jesus. So I guess step one would be get leverage. Yes. Get leverage in some way. Absolutely. Yeah. Dude, then every project I've done, I'm an exec producer on it. I have to be because that's leverage for me. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That gets me something later. Like no matter what, they can never take that away from me. And so for the rest of my life, I have those credits. So for that you I can in use. negotiation, you're willing to take less money for credits that can you can use as leverage later to get yes. you more money. That helps me a lot. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I just wanted to make that clear. Because no, that's very true. I know this, there's two sides of the spectrum. I, I've worked at restaurants before with uh, quote unquote actors uh, who were just like full time waiters, basically. And um, one guy in particular, he was very headstrong about how he was an actor and waiting tables is just, you know, temporary and all this stuff. Uh, and I would ask him, like, why doesn't he do student films or why doesn't he build a demo reel? Because he, this guy literally had no credits, no IMDb credits, no uh, experience in at working on a movie or anything. He just went to a lot of acting classes. And so he, you know, was very educated in the craft of acting. Right. And he's an actor. And uh, he had been a oh, waiter for 10 guy. years. Right. I, I, I and, then, and he was 30 years old and had been doing it for 10 years but not ever working on anything. And I was like, well, why don't you do student films or independent films or like for, you know, just to get experience. And he's like, well, actors should always be paid. And he was very adamant about like, he needed to get paid if he was going to act and thing. Now I agree with that, that there are a lot of companies that will try to screw, especially talent over because there's so many people that want to be actors and there's someone that's willing to do it for free. So you can go a long time without getting paid because there's so many people willing to do it for free. However, if you have zero leverage yes. to negotiate getting paid, then you're not doing yourself any favors. If so there this are people willing to do the job who are going to just do the job because they're excited to be in the, a student film or whatever yeah. the hell. And you're trying to be like, I'm holding out because I'm a real professional actor. People need to be able to see your value somewhere. Yes. You need to have proof of that in some aspect, whether it's a portfolio that, or, or a previous job or, you know, uh, like going into an interview and it, let's say you were a manager at a different job, you can use that as leverage and yeah. say like, I managed this many people. All the previous jobs that you've had are, are, are potentially leverage. Or leverage. Yeah, but yeah. if you never took a job, and you're trying to negotiate off of nothing, it's not going to happen for you. So literally no one ever hired this guy to be an actor because no uh, he just was so headstrong that he wouldn't accept any job for free. And, and we 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 only worked for free in the beginning. In YouTube, the beginning. Man. We're only here right now because we worked for it's free It's building in the beginning. a portfolio. Yes. And, and that happens in a lot of industries too. Like if you're a masseuse, you have to get a certain amount of hours. Like cosmetology school, you have to get a certain amount of hours so that you can basically prove to people that you can do it like in the field like not just you studied it but also you can do it in the field and uh yeah to me that is that that's more valuable than any training or college or anything is someone that's had experience hands-on doing in that it field. absolutely there's no better thing but yeah that being said job job interviews you could definitely use that as leverage to and you should get more money and you should and no one tells you that nope. no one tells you that you can negotiate that nope i thought i found that shocking to find out later in life yeah, and, yeah. An, an, and another thing is you got to know who you're talking to. You're at a job interview, right? Yeah. Did you look up the company first? Are you interviewing them back? Like, uh, like that's, dude, going into a job interview with a fucking list of questions that you have for them, you already put yourself ahead of so many people yeah. who just show up. Um, and it shows confidence that you know that you're qualified. Now, are they qualified? Is it a, a position that you'd be willing to take? It gives you that kind of, Conference. Yeah, dude, a job interview is like a negotiation where you're like, mm -hmm. you, if you and if you show up to it with where you're questioning them, you put yourself on an even playing field, even just visually with them. Yeah. So they feel like you're on a more even playing field than like just you, you subordinate to them, master. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they're the one with the, the golden yes will get you what you want. And so you're just trying to reach that golden yes. Instead, it should be. Both it sh is it is it a fit for both both of us? It should it should feel that way for them. Yeah, it helps a lot. 
and and know what you're not willing to compromise either. I think Absolutely. we kind of touched on this in our like the video, the episode where we we're talking about our firsts, right? Um, but walking through a job interview, it should go like this: you are in the you know lobby waiting to get seen. You go in, you hand them your resume or whatever it is. Maybe they already have your resume. You shake hands, you say hi. Uh, this part is really important: the first impression part. Learn to have a good handshake. Yeah, bro. That's something that that don't have sweaty ass hands. My either. mom taught me when I was twelve. She's a CFO at a bank, and she didn't realize I had a shitty handshake. This lady tried to give me a handshake one time, and I'll never forget. Like the lady was like, "Oh, that's a weak handshake," and my mom was embarrassed, uh-huh. and and she was like, "I never taught her how to." give a good handshake and so she practiced with me giving That's a good tight. handshake and making sure it's firm but not crushing the yeah. other person's hand but uh making sure your th- your the like little like crack between your thumb and your index finger like match theirs firmly yep and then like you shake it firm but not and the senator undergrad no you gotta weak, reach for the elbow reach for that elbow no hold limp the elbow. wrist no uh, no not that no don't reach very the important elbow. That's to reach so the creepy. elbow out there folks do it so having a good handshake uh looking people in the eye Making like some fun small talk, you know, just like oh, what a crazy weather we're having. What it doesn't have to be the weather. That's so cliche. Like, but, oh yeah, did you see the volcanoes going up uh, in 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 Hawaii there? Yeah, yeah. So it's something just like a yeah, little. Yeah, it's crazy, man. That volcano. A little tidbit. This part we're making bits about, but it's really important. Like <laughs> I fucking hate small talk more than anything in the entire. I hate it universe. too, but it gets you the job. It's so brutal, though. It does. Though, Get me the hell out of it here. Sh- what it is, is it, it's not about the, the things you're saying. It's an opportunity to show off your personality. You know what I wish? Uh-huh. Is and if anytime I'm in small talk, yeah. I wish I could deploy a parachute thing and have a fucking C-130 like hook my parachute and pick me up into the sky. I wish that at parties. Oh, But so in a bad. job interview, when they're talking back to you and they're like um, having a conversation with you, it's a really good sign. The best shit is when you play this live or some shit or you're a VidCon or whatever mm-hmm. and uh, somebody's talking to you and they're already looking for the next person to talk to while they're like, so like, what yeah, have yeah. you been up to? And you're like, oh my God, let me die. Let my heart just stop beating right now so I can get out of this conversation. Okay. Yeah. So we hate small talk, but it's necessary sometimes to make a good impression because it's, it's a, it's a way to like showcase your personality. Yeah. yeah. You have, you, you have to be remembered, man. That's why if you go in there. Because like, if you go in there like a robot and you're just like, these are my qualifications and this is why I need to be paid this much. Like people are going to be like, oh, I don't want to show up with that guy. Yeah. So it's just it's just an opportunity to show off your personality. That would be the part to do it would be just the very beginning. And then like you go, okay, like let's talk about this job. What do you want from me? What Here's what I want from you. And here's what I think I should be paid because of all the things that I just told you. Yeah. Yeah. I think that those are, that's like the basic bullets. I think- Anything after that, like don't go in there, you know, with white cream on your nose and be like, I'll, I will be remembered. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like f- or put putting tanning oil people all over your that. face or something. No, no, no I'm just saying. Yeah, uh-huh. there, there's yeah. Some people take things too far. Uh-huh. Like some people read some actor's manual where it's like, go in this audition and be remembered. Mm-hmm. Make them remember you. So they wear like a fucking dinosaur costume or something. Oh, they'll remember not to call you back next time. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Or one of the best things I've ever seen. Um, I was I was at an improv audition and a guy took off his shoe and answered it like it was a phone and I was like this guy is never getting on a team ever anywhere doing this shit fucking take it's off your terrible. shoe and answer it like it's a phone I was just like this guy is banned that's like from some everything. funny uncle shit right like, I'm the funny uncle he should have been banned from every <laughs> like I'm usually against it I'm like let comedians joke about whatever they want and do whatever they want yeah. this guy should have been banned from comedy <laughs> forever I'm sure he learned he should have to fucking go door to door in neighborhoods and tell everyone that he was he did this bit <laughs> and that they shouldn't ever like he should be to on his, a list yeah he should be on a list he shouldn't they should never listen to his jokes ever yeah, yeah. He shouldn't even be allowed to do dad comedy around a grill, Dang. holding a beer. Roast this guy even more. Oh, this was rough. Just the roughest. He's probably not doing comedy anymore. <laughs> no, he's not. He's definitely not. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. So. No matter where you are in life, if you like, dude, I'm. I'm telling you, a lot of people are listening to this and they're going, "This isn't relevant to me," but it probably is. There's probably some aspect to your life that you can eke a little bit more out of that you're not even looking at we talked about jobs but you can also do this like there are other situations i never knew like uh buying a car oh yeah you know 
Oh, yeah. You can, the price that they tell you on the sticker is like 20% more than the price that they're actually willing to sell it to you for. And yes. if you don't know that you could negotiate it down at least 20%, then they are not going to tell you. They are just going to accept your face value offer. So me and my old man, we went into a car dealership um, when I was like early 20s or something. And um, I, I wanted to get a, a black truck. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I wanted. I had already decided. Any kind of black truck? Any black truck. I didn't know yet. You didn't look up specs or anything like that? Well, no, of course I did. But I oh. but I was looking at several different models that they had here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wanted to go check them out and all that stuff. And then my dad was also looking for a, like a car. Mm-hmm. And so we went in there together as like a father and son takedown team yeah. to negotiate this shit. And we like worked with each other. So it was like, first of all, never be excited. Never, ever seem like you're excited about it. You got to play it cool even if you're excited about it. Because if you find a car that you're like, oh, my God, I want this car so fucking bad. And they can see that. And you put that blood in the water. They can take advantage of you. And because they've already got you from a leveraged position. Like they 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 have something on you. Uh, they know that you're really into it. So then they can they can keep the price high. But if you're in there and you're like, look, I just, I want to get from A to B. And like, uh, I was looking at this car and I already have all these printups of this shit. And I know about this and I know what your price is from this deal. And I want this deal. Uh, and, and then they'll, they'll probably be like, we can't do that. Or, or, or if they're like, well, yeah, we have that deal, but you should come look at these. Like these cars are really great. And they always try to distract you with like the upsell. But if you stick to what your price was that you wrote down because you shopped around before going there, you can get that price. Yeah. I think that's the that's the real important part is like having a price in mind before you go in. Uh, doing your homework and, go, and then having that price in mind. Uh, I went during the 4th of July sale to buy my car and uh, we, I went with my dad too just to have another person there. Like it helps to have a, a third person or like a second person on your team there, a third party, right? Um and I actually went the other route. So I knew exactly what I wanted and I was excited about it. But I used that. So it was like it was like I was a good cop, bad cop with my dad. Mm-hmm. So my dad's like the stern one, right? And uh, I knew I wanted this exact color. I found the exact color I wanted, the exact model, everything. And I had said at the start of finding the car with the car salesman, I had told him, like, this is what I want my monthly payments to be. I can't go over this. This is my budget. This is the price that I'm willing to pay for it. All of that stuff was laid on the table. Let's find us a car. Found my car that I wanted. Had three miles on it. It was still wrapped in plastic. It was brand spanking new. And it was exactly what I wanted. But it also had some upgrades in it that I didn't necessarily want. It was just like they added it in like it was a custom thing um and when it came to negotiating the price they wanted to charge extra for those things and i was like no because i never would have ordered those so that's not a plus for me exactly and then exactly uh, and and i and i acted kind of bummed about that even though it was not that it was like cool but it's it's a good but i was like i was like oh i was so excited about this car but that's not the interior i would have picked exactly and um, even if you love it you don't love it like i was i was excited but played disappointment at things that weren't disappointing but that were like I'm not gonna pay extra for those or even like you didn't raise put, my, my you price you didn't put it. your balls in their hands dude exactly by doing that and then they were still trying to I was doing a trade-in thing and I knew what my car was worth and I I said it was worth more than what I knew it was worth and I wasn't willing to settle on it and they were like, that's actually not worth that much. And I was like, yeah, it is. It's on Kelly Blue Book. You can look it up. And um, it was worth that much if my car had been in Pristine good, order. good condition, yeah. but not fair condition. My car was in fair But you're negotiating with them. So yeah, that's, so I was that's, negotiating with them. You have to come from the highest position. And at the end of it, they were like, sorry, this is as low as we can go. And I was like, well, I was really excited about this car, but I just can't. Like, it's tight. And I would look to my dad and I'd be like, can we do it? And he'd be like, no. And I'm like... Oh, well, sorry. Like, we'll just find it. We'll go. We'll go somewhere else. We'll try to find it somewhere else. And they they went down. Go figure. They went down to the price. Of course they did. They're like, let's just run some numbers again. Let me crunch numbers with my manager. They always leave the room. Always leave the room. They crunch numbers. They make sure that their manager's not going to fire them for for this. Exactly. Because they still want to get their 22% or whatever they get on on the top. And I think they have like a sale quota, you know, or something like that, you know? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So then that. 
that's what I did with my my old man. So yeah. so w- since we were both buying, it was basically like, hey, if 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 my dad started getting cold feet or if I started getting cold feet, they're gonna lose two deals. So they they were they really cut this shit down. Like I'm talking like we got that shit so far down that I was paying. I, I don't even think I was paying two hundred a month for my truck. Wow! Like it was awesome. That's cool. Yeah. Be, you guys had good credit then. Um, I think uh, yeah, I did have good credit. That's good. Yeah, I had really good credit. And then um, and then my old man. I don't think my old man had the best credit. Mm. I don't think my folks had very good credit. Did he sign up with your credit? But he used his company. Oh, okay. So to buy his car. Oh, that's tight. Yeah, and then um, and then I just I got my truck so I could build credit like under my name and all that kind of thing. But yeah, so so it really helped to have somebody there with you who's also getting a car. Yeah. So that and they know that you're together, so then they know that they're gonna fuck it up really bad if they hurt one of you so that's the leverage that you have in that yes. negotiation you have the person that's with you and uh and having it like them be in charge of whether or not the sale is going to happen basically so it's not you it's just another person yep. and they do the same shit to you with the manager thing where they're like let me talk to my manager and see if i can get it down exactly. you know they that's their little leverage yes. okay uh and then the other leverage you have is if you did your homework and you know the prices around and you mm-hmm. also know what your car is worth and the trade-in value if you're doing that uh you know what kind of like percentage you can get on a credit line like all of that stuff if you know all of that that's also leverage that you bring to the table Dude, when i got my mini cooper i got such a good trade-in value on that truck that i had gotten with my old man yeah like because and it was in bad condition and the dealer guy was even <laughs> laughing he's like he, he he went in my truck and he's he's like what the fuck is all those cans and the and shit dude and that's what your mini cooper looks like now yeah right and, and uh, yeah, exactly. My next car will God. the same. You know, the legacy continues. It's nice that you value your your. Things. Yeah. So so the guy was like, he was like, how the fuck did, how the fuck are we gonna pay five grand for this shit? And I was like, hey man, uh because I I already got him all the way to the very bitter end of the deal yeah. at that point before I did the trade in thing, and so at that point they were already balls deep in me, so for them to walk away at that point <laughs> from the condition of my truck was not exciting yeah they wanted to have my sale and it was the end of the night and like all that shit they're trying to get their sales before the end of the month and all that stuff so so i got a really sick (laughs) trade-in value for my beat to shit old truck Mm -hmm. just by just by waiting just by waiting and telling them that um and like like negotiating the initial price down 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 and being uninterested and and being like I don't really need a car right now. I was just coming in to check it out because I saw you guys deal in the paper. And I like all that kind of shit just helps you because you just seem like you don't care that much. And then at the very end, you're like, hey, can you take my clunker ass piece of shit truck and for 5K or I can't do this deal. I literally can't afford it. Yeah. Yeah. The can't afford it thing. Yep. Yeah. And then they're like, what? And you're like, yeah, no, I have it has to be 5K. I've already planned this shit. It has to be 5K for the truck or I can't afford this shit. I won't be able to do it. And then you just that, that's it. You now you leave it on the table. You're completely naked. Yeah. You put your dick on the table, and they can go for it or not. Yeah. Uh, that that's to me how to do a successful car negotiation. Uh, and we'll be right back after this brief break. And we're back. Hello. So a lot of you are wondering, Steve, Nikki, is there anything more that I can do? To squeeze out an excellent deal. Well, yes, you can. Yes, you can. And one very successful thing that I've done Mm -hmm. in the past is you can hire people off of Craigslist to come with you on job interviews. Okay. What? Yes. Wait, what? Is this real? Yes. Are you just 100% real. 100% real. What? So, what you do, yeah, you get really attractive women from Craigslist. Oh, God. You show up to the job interview with them on either arm. Yeah, that's a bit. You sit down across from uh-huh. whoever you're being interviewed with, and you you don't even have the time of day for them. Right. Because these chicks are so hot. Life is so good. Yeah. The drinks are flowing so well. You're like, look, I, you're like, let me just let me just start this interview by saying I really don't even need a job right now. That's how you start the interview. I see. This is great advice. It's really good advice. So then the, these guys are looking at you like, 
I kind of want this guy's life. Kind of wish I could trade places with this guy. And they go, sir, are you hiring? You know what I'm saying? And then you go, I'll, I'll think about it. Listen. Let me, th- let me think about it. Give me your information. Yeah. And I'll think about it. And then they're like, well, how did you get this information? You're like, I don't know. I just kind of came in and sat down and just wanted to check out what was going on. I'm like, well, shit. And you just come off as that kind of cool, that kind of genetic yeah. quoi. And then that guy quit his job to go work for you. That's what I'm, see? Finds out later. That- That's the kind of thing that can happen <coughs> once you start to utilize this theory. I see. And that is coming into something so baller and so tough and so badass that people are like, damn, look at that guy. I wonder what his name is. Mm-hmm. I wonder where he works. I wonder what his life is like. And and then they go hate watch you later. Yeah, see? <laughs> That's that's exactly what I'm saying. Fine. Yeah. Another thing that I think works really good for negotiating is if you, so say you had a job interview today. Yeah. And it was with me. Okay. And Ooh, sexy job interview. Right. So then um, you left the job interview and Mm. you want to know if you got the job or not. I see. So you call and, and. Follow up. And follow up, right? Yes. That's an important thing. A lot of people don't don't know about. You got to follow up mm-hmm. and make sure that they know that you're still there and you're still interested. In sales, we call it, we said exposure is everything. So you, people have to know about your product or like they exist. Yep. Right? So that's everything. And then fortune's in the follow-up. See? Fortune is in the follow-up. So here's what you do. This is a very successful method. Mm-hmm. So you call them. After the job interview. Yes. And you say, hey. So I'm calling you. It's Nikki. Yeah. I just wanted to let you know that I had a great time talking to you today. And I'm really excited about the position. And I hope that you're hiring me right now over the phone. Are you going to do it right now? Or I'm out. <laughs> Shut up. Or I'm out. No, you are. I'm walking. No, you don't. If you don't do do this over the phone right now, I walk. I can't tell. Like This is 100% real. And what they'll do, they'll be so scared of losing you, they'll go for it. But if they're not, here's what I, so if they're not, if they're like, um, I don't know right now, we got a lot of other people coming in about the same job. You say, listen, I, I just want to let you in on something. I followed you home after the interview. This is weird. I know where you live. This is real weird. And... You have a beautiful home, and I just wanted to say that. Is it because I interviewed you a, with you and we live together? What is it? We live together. No, no, no. This is what this is. So a it would make sense. You followed me home. No, this is a successful methodology that works for uh-huh. a lot of people out there, and I just want to get the word out. I see. So yeah, so you, you're not. It's not a threat. Mm-hmm. That's not what a threat is. A threat isn't telling someone they have a beautiful home. Mm-hmm. A threat is merely like, hey, I saw your house. I saw your car. You have a beautiful house and car. You have a beautiful family. You know. I noticed you don't have a dog, like a guard dog. Thought Wait, that's a threat? No, that's not a threat. Oh, that's not a threat. Yeah, you're like, I noticed, I just noticed, I happened to notice that you don't have a guard dog. See? And and you're good. All you did was compliment them. And you you even, in a way, complimented their neighborhood because you're like, yeah, you didn't even need a guard dog. How about that? Isn't that cool? That's very cool. These are successful methods that a lot of people use out there to get hired that nobody talks about. Um. Interesting. So I would say that there were more areas that people can use in negotiations, such as I agree. like when they're hiring a freelance worker, like a plumber or an electrician, Yeah. Um, things like that. You can ask around for rates and yes. the rate that they give you, depending on how busy they are. A lot of times, like they try to charge up, uh, they charge you more because they're, they're kind of busy. Like I've learned from us having a house now and having to hire plumbers that like they're actually really busy like the good ones are like really busy they're really busy but trades are um, fucking killing it that's when you're trying to negotiate to like oh please stay and and fix my house right yeah and you're like you're just like you're bargaining you're on the lower hand and you're like hey could you please fix my house and so uh i've learned that if you always have fresh baked cookies when they come over and you offer them to them they remember you and they will answer your call right away is that right yeah and they will give you a good deal uh, you have food going. You, you you take give them some to take home. Yeah, yeah. Fresh baked cookies. Oh yeah, fresh what baked if, cookies. What if you do the Toll House thing? You just heat up a pan and you throw That's the fine. Toll House. That's in. fine. That works. Yeah, they'll remember you as the house that always gives fucking cookies. That's and so tight. when you ring and they're you're like, I have my sink's broken. They're like, Oh, it's the cookie house. What if if see if I'm Matt Plummer? Yeah. And you're calling me, and I think of cookies. I just go buy cookies, and I don't have to fix your house. I mean, you could do that, but it's like that's out of your way, and you and that's you lose true. the sale of like you know that I would pay you to fix the sink too. That's true. I didn't think of that. Yeah, 
But yeah, that's like things like that that give you the upper hand. Like when you're buying a house and you do the little like people write letters. We did a video. Yes, we and did. And like things like that worked really well. Those are those are things that get you to. There was uh, other they give people, you an edge. There were other people who were close to us for in giving our place, and we just were like, "Hey, we're Steve and Nikki, and we love this house, and we wouldn't change anything." We did, but we, you know what I mean? Yeah, we you, were like, "Yeah, we just said we work from home. This would be a great space for us. We yeah. love what you did with the place." So starter home. We just got married. We just got married. Life yeah. is fun. We're a mixed race couple. Hope you're cool with that. <laughs> you know, you say that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, totally helps out. And then, um, yeah, that worked really well. Yeah. According to our realtor, that was we great. Clo- we they accepted our offer that day. Yeah. The same day. Yeah, and we we didn't even know about that. We like that that's a thing to do. No, our realtor is bomb. He's awesome. Yeah. He showed us that. He he because he said a lot of people used to do the letter method, but yeah, the, you, if you too many people do the letter method. The personal touch now is is video it's like face. Yeah, and it's so easy. He just did it on his phone. It's not like we had to like edit a video. Like he just took a phone recording of us in the house, being like, "We love this place. We'd love to live here. Please." Accept our offer. Hope you like our offer. Uh, we give them a good offer too. And that's why like, we're in our home. Yeah. Yep. But people give uh, comparable offers. They just didn't have the same video touch to it. But these are all like negotiation situations that you would find in your life that maybe people didn't tell you you could get more leverage with. Do you remember when when it was like time to negotiate for the house? Do you remember like um, like we didn't really wiggle anything down we didn't because it's who has the upper hand well the sellers right now it's a seller's market right so sellers have the upper hand buyers are hoping to like that you take their offer there and they know that and you have to kind of know that position so with with that situation it was more like here's why you want to take our offer over this other person's offer even though it's the same offer and i want to just nail that home too for a lot of people because it's like we've been talking about the big ball method of all this stuff yeah. But it doesn't just copy paste into literally everything. You got to know where, you have, what your situation yeah. is and what your leverage is, which is which is including, like, what's my leverage versus this seller, right? I have, you know, ten percent down cash, and then I have a like a loan, and then these people maybe have less cash down or more cash down. But you're not going to get a lot of wiggle room from them because, like Nikki said, it's a seller's market, so you have a lot of competition for these houses. And when you Google all this stuff, you're like, fuck, we we really can't squeeze the price well, down. And, and so the thing was too, is that one, our house was already listed at a good price, but let's say it wasn't. And uh, or let's say that we had to, it was, you know, been people were fighting over it so much that like people are going to offer way above the asking price. Yes. Like, you know, right now in the current market, people are offering way above the asking price. That's just standard. Everyone's going to do that. The listing price, they're, the sellers are already expecting, unless there's something fucked up about the house, but like they're already expecting people to offer way above the, the asking price. So since we couldn't go that far above oh, the no. asking price oh, and no. we had been searching for a long time, all we had to go off of was like other leverage, which is like personality, yeah. you know, that has all we had. Yeah. So th- that was our bargaining chip. Like we didn't have the money bargaining chip. No, we or had, the cash either. Or the cash bargaining chip. That's usually the best bargaining chip We had chip like, okay, well we could go for the heart, like the emotional aspect bargaining yeah. chip. And you know, that's, but that's all part of a negotiation. That's all, Part of the thing that gets you the sale, gets you the job, gets you the, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, um, do you remember there's this lady who is trying to negotiate with uh, with a friend of ours? Because uh, he wanted to get us on some platform that would be like a live chat or some shit like that where you talk to, you know, whatever your audience <laughs> is out there. Yeah. And... Uh, this is part of a negotiation that's so funny where the lady looked me up. She already liked you. Oh, yeah. And then she looked me up and she saw one of my videos. One of his trolling videos. One of my trolling yeah. videos. Like but, a satire, a public sex prank gone, yeah, gone, sexual, gone sexual. Like fucking ridiculous it video. It was during the time where um, the prankers were like kissing people, strangers in public. Exactly. And, and like that was the prank or whatever. Yeah. So it, I, I just, you know, hyped it up, of course, and satirized that shit. So I was like going up to girls and be like, hey, you want to fuck? And then they're like, sure. And then we start fucking like in the middle of the street. Like obviously like fake. Fucking, yeah. Right. So, so then because um, the joke was on. Those the joke guys. was on the prankers. Yeah. Exactly. So so then this lady like years later looks me up and then she's like, 
does oh my god she's like i can't do it with this guy i can't do a deal with this guy like this guy's a monster like why would he go up to women and ask them if they want to have sex with him does his girlfriend know does his wife know she told my friend does his wife know about this video like my most popular fucking it has like 65 (laughs) million views or something can you imagine if i didn't know it's amazing like nobody in your life ever told you about this fucking huge video even if i didn't know and then someone was like did you know about this video and then i watched it i'd be like oh it just seems like a satire of something right you watch it and you're like (laughs) you get the point i mean it's a parody or something there are stupid people all over the internet who definitely didn't get the joke who are like wow he's really fucking these people that's pretty crazy like by the end of the video i go up like a cop comes up to me to stop me from having sex with like like a chick and then i'm like hey you want to fuck and he's like sure and then i start sucking the cop's dick and then the chick starts eating the cop's asshole okay for example (laughs) out there that was real yeah exactly this lady's watching this shit she's going I can't fucking believe this guy. I can't believe that police officer. And then if she ever was going to do a, a, a deal with the police officer, she'd be like, aren't you getting your dick sucked in this video and your butthole eaten out? <laughs> it's just amazing. Yeah. So you never know what you're going to get in a deal with the personal touch. Right, right. It's just all part of the great grand scheme of leverage yeah, that some we all things, deal with. Some things will get you the deal, and then that same <sighs> thing could break another deal exactly. for whatever reason, depending it, on who you're talking you to. You just don't know out there, you folks. You need to know like what who you're talking to and play to that. But that's what makes thing. it all so fun. Yeah. I got to say, when I'm in the middle of like a negotiation for something, it is so fucking exciting. Yeah. I feel so alive, and it's like there's like an electricity in the room. Do you feel that way? Uh, when what? Sorry. When you're negotiating a deal for uh, anything? Yeah, yeah, kind of. Because it's like, it's almost like a game, like, um, yes. it's like a game of chess. Like, uh, it's all strategy based. It's all like, I love strategy games. Like even just like, even like buying a fridge. I wish buying a fridge was more of a deal thing. I, I could, wish it was too. You know what I mean? I want to negotiate down. A, it is if you're buying it on Facebook Marketplace. That's what I hear. So I'm stoked you on do that. that. Um, oh, I just remembered though about, I, I've been reading this book. I started reading it last year. I kind of stopped reading it, but it's a really good book. Um, it's called This Is Marketing. Yes. Okay, I just looked it up because I don't want to botch this this story, right? So it, the book is This Is Marketing. It's by Seth Godin, or Godin. I don't really know how to pr- pronounce it. G-O-D-I-N. Mm. Uh, it's a really great book, and it's not just about like marketing in the traditional sense. It's like it's like how everything is marketing, just like everything is negotiation, uh, right? Mm-hmm. So um, he tells the story about this trip that um, this company took to India and it was like this village where a lot of people needed eyeglasses and they couldn't afford them or for whatever reason they didn't buy them. And they went to this place and they set up shop and they put all their um, eyeglasses on the table and they had all these different designs and they were normally like really pricey pricey eyeglasses and they were selling them for three dollars so they're like okay we're gonna help people like see because they need vision and they're not buying glasses so how can we help these people get vision and they put all the glasses out and they had lines of people come and 65 percent of the people needed glasses but only a third of the people actually bought them and they thought that was shocking because it was like all these people need glasses when they're not buying them. So what what they would do is they would come through the line, they would try a bunch on, and the people selling the glasses would be like, look at all the different styles you can get. Um, try this one on, try this one on. These are normally like a super high price and we're giving you them for $3 and like, would you like the would you like to buy them? And a lot of people would just walk away. And it was because they were like saying selling points that they would have wanted to hear, yes. like different styles. We want options here. We want uh, good deals. We want thing, you know, just things like that. Uh, but these people, it was the difference between like buying glasses or feeding their families. And so after trying on those styles, they're just like, okay, you know, I, I, I don't need them that bad. So what they ended up doing was they took all the glasses off the table and they only had one pair on the table when someone would come up. And they're like, here, try these glasses on. If you need them, you like them, pay us $3 and you can have them. They're yours. And if you don't, then you lost out on glasses. I see. And so urgency. it was more of like an urgency and more of a like, oh, I actually need these. And this might be the last time I can get them. And and so they bought them. Oh, and man. It, it that works on up. so many people, too. Yeah. And it's uh, it's just like that was. Act now, that, buy now. Those were kind of like, those were more of the the selling points that worked for them and just knowing that helps you so much in like a negotiation yep. or a place urgency where... is so important yeah and like you know that's why you always hear like first five callers yeah like because all like that stuff. having a, a selection wasn't important to them whereas right. here in most places in america like we want to be able to choose and we want like variety and there are so many competitors and there's so much to pick from that like 
they thought that by giving more of a selection, it shows like, oh, you, there's better value. Dude, sex hotlines, dude. It's like, call now. Girls are available. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It work, works like crazy. Totally. Those places make friggin' bank. Those places pop up on my internet all the time. And I'm like, me I too. I don't want you right now, Cam Girl. Not right now. Not now, Cam Not Girl, right but now, later. But maybe, maybe later. I know, dude, because I watch so many movies on there and I'm always like, Oh dang! I there's so Illegal much porn. Movies. Excuse me, I never said that. <laughs> I just get so much porn in the side of the thing. I'm always like, Jesus. Yeah. Paid for movies, they don't usually give you that much porn, which is kind of a ripoff, you know. Like you they gotta do, get you gotta though. get the illegal movies to get no, 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 porn no, no, no. pop ups. No, I'm talking about paid movies. I get tons <laughs> of porn in my paid movies. Tons of it. Tons of it. it drives me crazy. I don't know how they yeah. find me. Yeah, it's terrible. Just a hot tip for everybody out there real quick because we're talking about deals and negotiations and getting shit. Not sponsored. Zenny Optical. <laughs> Get fucking cheap ass glasses, dude. I've been using that shit the whole time I've had glasses. I know so many people who pay hundreds of dollars for glasses. Yeah. I go to Z-E-N-N-I Optical and I buy them for like 10 bucks, 15 Imagine bucks. that like the sponsor of this episode is like a glasses person. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I'm just kidding. If their shit is more than 15 bucks. Yeah. It, it, don't do it get zenny optical instead yeah. I, that's just a tip i give everybody and a lot yeah. of people thank me over the years for that because because they're like man i just bought glasses last week for 450 dollars yeah and glasses, the same is that shit. expensive this company has like a they they do it all the same like they do the same shit they give you all the same shit that the lens crafters or whatever the hell else you're going costco dang yeah man it's tight that sucks yeah um but but kind of what you're saying i i was at a mall one time and this chick came up to me and she, I watched her just get rejected um, from so many people to do this like survey thing mm -hmm. for advertisers. And you were in a, you had just walked into a Forever 21 or something. And I was like, I'm not going to see this chick for like two hours. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, I was like, sure, I'll do your thing. I'll do the thing. So I go in. Oh, I remember this. You remember this, right? And they put, <laughs> It was an H&M, but yeah. Yeah, H&M. So they put a pair of glasses on me. And they walked me into like a, a like a fake convenience store, and they were tracking my eyeballs to see what I was looking at and why I was looking at them. And then they fill, they had me fill out a survey, and I was just looking at toothpaste. And then they had me fill out a thing afterward, asking like, "Hey, do you think that this should cost more money because of this box and all that kind of shit?" But the they were getting very frustrated with me because I'm such a deals guy. Yeah. Uh, they were like, "Did you? Would you notice about the toothpaste that was more expensive?" I was like, "It was in a funky box that was for some reason vertical, and so I'm supposed to pay more money because it's vertical." But I think that's dumb, and I want to buy the cheap one. Mm -hmm. And they were frustrated with me because it was for the that oh, the kick ass vertical. vertical product, and they were trying to understand why I wouldn't buy it. And I'm like, "Your your witchcraft doesn't work on me. I see per ounces." Mm. I see the deals. For me, it's like everything's a negotiation. How does the toothpaste work on my teeth? Because I tried to go the organic Tom's toothpaste before, and I hated it. And so I went right back to Crest Whitening because those actually make my teeth whiter. See, and I was like, I, I, it's brand reliability. Yes. So for me, it's it's trust with the brand, not necessarily how the packaging looks, but like the fact that I've tried it and it, it works better for see, me. So, so for you, the negotiation is the product. And for me, it's the price every right, time. Yeah. Every time. So I, I'm always looking at that sticker. I'm never looking at the product. And Nikki is looking at the product uh, before she looks at the sticker. Right. And I, I'm willing to try the more expensive product if it does things. But if it, if I try the more expensive product and it doesn't work better, then I'm never buying your product again. I'm like, yeah. I'm never working, I'm never buying anything from your company again. And that's what I was trying to explain to these people. I was like, you don't understand. My my loyalty is to the price. Mm. You're trying to negotiate with me as to why I don't like this product. But for me, it has to do with one thing that you're not reaching me on because you want to sell this thing for five bucks and I'll never pay that for toothpaste my entire <laughs> life on earth. What? I've paid that for toothpaste for you. What? For the Where? crest? The crest. crest 3D whitening shit? Yeah. That shit's like three bucks. Dude. It's four thirty nine for the bigger tubes. No, it's not quite. That shit is three dollars for the smaller tubes. I've never paid that. I pay three bucks for it only. Well, you got the smaller tube then, so the per ounce price. It's so better. I got fucked on it's negotiation. A better, it's Are a you better kidding deal me? to get the bigger tube. All right. Well, this episode's over then. <laughs> you have any final thoughts? Uh, I have one final thought out there for all of you listening right now who are who are looking around the room and you're going. There's nothing in my life that I want more of. 
that's not true. Of course you do. So start looking for places to negotiate. Or if you're unhappy, think of an area of your life that you're not like the most satisfied with. You can negotiate that. Like, yeah, uh, dude. I didn't even mention like relationships. That I mean, because we've been talking a lot about money negotiations, but everything is a negotiation. Like in relationships, you can negotiate like, um, hey, I'm like really busy these days of the week. Do you think you could help me out with housework? Or, yeah. You know, like that those kind of things. Or, or like, do you think you could spend more time with me on these types on these days where you might have an extra hour because I really need some actual quality time with That's you. That's hella true. I never, you know, I never even thought about that. Yeah. That, that is what a relationship is. Yeah. It's all and, negotiation. And it's, like, it's like, Oh man, there's so many dishes or something. If only I had time to do that shit, but then you have a partner and you're like, Oh, what if I could get them to do it? Like that would be so, so helpful. And yeah. so then voicing that to them and trying to get them to do it. Yeah. And I would say, don't get married until you have that shit worked out. For sure. Because otherwise, it's just going to be like you you got into a contract with something that you didn't sign up for. Chores is one of the num- number one things that affects marriages on, in long term. Finances is the number one thing. No, one, I said but, one of the number oh, one Oh, yeah. yeah. But yeah, then housework is, uh, is up there. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So negotiate that shit. You know, Hell find yeah. areas of your life where you're like, oh, I'm not having the best time with this area. How can I negotiate to make that better for myself? Because you don't have to settle on that being a sucky part of your life. Nope. You can make it better. Go up to somebody random in public and be like, I want you to give me 25 grand. I don't think. And they're going to be like, no. Yeah. And you're like, hear me out. I want you to give me 20 grand. And they're like, no, what the hell? And then you can get, if you can get them down to like five grand, you just made five grand. That's great. So, That's a great, so think uh, about that out there, great folks. Great tip out there for yep. all of you yep. who want to um, make some extra cash. Try that one. If you want to just. Give yourself a little bit extra I'm, cash. I think I'm going to pass on Play that. money. I'll pass on that one. Okay. I think I'll do, I'll be doing that one. Cool. Thanks for listening, everybody. Please. Go rate us. Rate on, us. Uh, it, iTunes. It and helps then, so um, much. Rate us on iTunes. If you have a topic you'd like us to talk about, you could email us, podcast at Nikki.limo, and I will read it and possibly do that topic. And check out our Patreon if you're interested. In, in, yeah, we do bonus podcast episodes over there, and we uh, got a live stream every month. And, uh, and we're working on a lot of cool stuff. Scripted content and merch and all kinds of cool stuff. So patreon.com slash, slash sticky, S-T-I-K-K-I. Okay, we love you. Bye. Bye. Why didn't anyone tell me?